Welcome into another edition of the Deep Slant Podcast. I'm your host, DP Sidhu. It's the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. And Boyd, we have a week for you. We have got tight end Darren Fells on the podcast. And we're talking Oakland Raiders with our good pal Eddie Pascal of Raiders.com. Obviously, the big news this week. The Texans traded for cornerback Gary Conley from the Oakland Raiders. And, of course, we'll get into that with Eddie and much, much more. But first, this podcast brought to you by Xfinity will help you take the fastest Internet to the house with Xfinity XFi. Stream the Texans all season long on every in-home device, no matter where you watch. This is Beyond Wi-Fi. This is XFi. Xfinity, proud partner of the Houston Texans and proud partner of this podcast. So let's get right into it. Darren Fells doing some Really great things for the tight ends group and on the field. This offseason, we were talking about the tight end group. And, you know, when Darren Fells came in here, it was already a very talented group. But, you know, if we had to guess who was out there catching touchdown passes uh, left, right, and center, I think Darren Fells was probably at the bottom of the list because in his career, the most touchdowns he'd ever caught in a season was three. He was mainly brought in to be a blocking tight end. You already had Jordan Thomas, Jordan Akins. You draft Kahali Waring. And here comes Fells, but he's just been able to adapt to this offense. And I think, you know, Bill O'Brien gets asked about it frequently. I asked offensive coordinator Tim Kelly about it, about what makes him so good in this offense, how he's adapted so well. And everyone just talks about what a pro he is. He's obviously a veteran player. He's done this a number of years. He played European basketball. You know, he's just got a very calm, cool, collected demeanor. And I had a chance to sit down with him and talk to him about the year he's having as a Texan. Take a listen. It's Darren Fells on the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. Darren, talk to me about the season you're having so far. You've already exceeded your single season high in touchdowns, and that was just in five weeks. Um, Yeah, I mean, I've always been a team player, so my biggest focus is trying to get the win. and they've my role this year has been a little bit different than I've been used to. I've been every team I've been on have been a blocking tight end, and so they brought me in and they wanted me to run a couple routes here and there. And I'm like whatever you guys need me to do, I'm going to do it to try to get this win. I actually asked offensive coordinator Tim Kelly about this. I said you brought Darren Fells to be a blocking tight end. That was sort of your vision for him. Mm-hmm. Has he exceeded your expectations with everything that you're able to do with the, in the receiving game? And they said. No, because with your athleticism and the basketball background, hmm. that's sort of how they hope that you had played out. But how about for yourself? Are you having more fun here than you've ever had? Is it? I would it, imagine it's yeah. a lot of fun to be on the receiving. Oh, no, end. It, it definitely is a lot of fun because it's just one of those things. It's not. It makes me. I'm no longer one-dimensional. I mean, I've always hated to be one-dimensional, even with playing basketball. I didn't want to just do one thing. I've always wanted to be like the LeBron type of player. So being able to go out there and I'm not trying to say I'm the LeBron of the football field, but I'm being able to just do a lot more out there. It's a lot lot more fun. You mentioned basketball, and I don't know if you remember this, but in training camp I'd asked you about touchdown celebrations. Yeah. And you had not thought about it, and then during one of your touchdown celebrations, you did like this Euro basketball Euro move. Step, yeah. And I felt like, <laughs> did I get in your head? Were you thinking about that? Were you? It was like a, it was a nod to your basketball playing days, wasn't it? Yeah, a little bit. I, I've told the guys that from now on, I'll, I'll do a little basketball thing because that's my I background. Like it. Yeah, I like um, it. But it was they gave me a lot of. Uh, fuss with uh, my first touchdown I had. They're like, no no celebration. You just dropped the ball and just didn't, so boring, didn't do anything. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So like, you need to give us something else next time. So, okay. Everything related is, is going to be basketball. Well, you know, yeah. if there's one thing that I've heard about you over and over again from both Bill O'Brien and from Tim Kelly and anyone else that we've asked about you is that you're just such a professional. You sort of came in here. You're a veteran of the group. 
your professionalism, did that sort of come from the fact that you did play basketball and then you started football? Like your start in the NFL was much later than say most yeah. rookies. Yeah. Or is that just your personality? Because I, I kind of sense that it could uh, be either with you. I feel like it's a little bit of both. Uh, I've always been like a hard hat player ever since college. Um, I've never been one of those guys that feels privileged to be there or whatever. I've always want, needed to work for everything I've got. And I feel that no matter how far I get and how many years I play, I feel like I'm always going to have to do that. Um, and so, and then also being a 26 year old rookie, it definitely helped. You're a little, a little bit little more, more mature, mature, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was already going in the league, had my fiance and everything. And it was just one of those things. My, my roots were grounded. I was already grounded coming in the NFL, so I didn't have any outside problems here or there. So I just can focus on football and try to get myself better. You were such a good football player in high school. Why did you decide to go the basketball route in college? Why didn't you stick with football? Um, I actually wanted to do both, uh, but my main focus was basketball at the time. So I would ask scouts, like, is it possible for me to do both, but focus on basketball and football, but not really, not very many college coaches want their basketball players going on the football field. DeAndre Hopkins is one of them. He was playing yeah. basketball for Clemson. That didn't last very yeah, long. Exactly. They made him pick one very quickly. Exactly. So it was one of those things that a lot of coaches knew that I'd have to focus on one. And coming out of high school, basketball was my first love. And so I, that's the path I ended up taking. So when basketball didn't pan out, was it hard to get reacclimated back to the NFL because you hadn't played it in a while? Yeah. How did you so quickly get back? I mean, it's hard for guys that have played football in college to get into the NFL. Yeah. And here you are spending all these years playing basketball. Um, I wouldn't say so quickly. It, it took me, I would say, about three, four years to actually feel extremely comfortable out there. Um, the hardest thing was just learning the language. Um, I remember my first meeting I went in uh, the coaches were talking like yeah so when we make him the mic and you know make sure that the Sam and star here but I'm like I'm looking at guys like what number is Mike like who's Mike <laughs> it was just one of those things like I had to learn the language before I can actually learn the playbook and then once I learned the playbook then it was like am I even running the routes properly it was just all these little things here and there as I did not know what I was doing out there at all so was it easier to be a blocking tight end rather than a receiving tight end is that why you were sort of that was your role or is it just because of physically it was um, easier for you it was one of those things that I knew I wasn't the most athletic guy on the team like most guys coming out of college they were the faster guys they can run routes Chris because that's what they did all for four years in college and so I knew there's no way for me to make the team and be a receiving tight end even though my basketball background was sure. every coach was looking at, okay, he's going to be the next Jimmy Graham or Tony Gonzalez type of thing. And it was like, I knew I didn't have that, that extreme athleticism like they did. So I was trying to figure out what was my next, what, what, what can I pick up to be a dominant guy in the league or something that other guys can't really do that I can learn and build on. And talking with a bunch of coaches and talking with a bunch of players, they're like, with my length, you can be an excellent blocking tight end. And so I just spent time on that, hired a offensive line coach to teach me how all these little things here and there, and yeah, the rest is history. Did you watch any particular tight ends to sort of model your style after, or is this just really um, the Darren Fells style? It, it was. It was more. I watched a bunch of like veterans, and I would always go after guys who were in the league longer, and they weren't like number one draft picks. They were some guys that I had to like work to get to where they are, and they found little nicks here and there that helped them out. And I would talk with them and ask them like what they did to stay in the league so long or what little thing I'd even look at them at practice and see little things that helped them in the run game or in the pass game when they're blocking and I just 
stole a little from here and there from a bunch of different guys and tried to figure out. Yeah. Your, your chemistry with Deshaun this year is so good. You haven't been here that long. Yeah. What sort of things have you done with him to sort of build that chemistry? I know he's worked with the tight ends and the wide receivers, mm -hmm. but why this year? Why is this the year that you think you've done so well in the receiving game? Or did, was it sort of um, building throughout your career? I, I think it's, it's more the chemistry comes with trust. Um, I've been running right. I, I think it's one of those things he knows where I'm going to be, and I know where he's going to put the ball. It's when he throws it to me, he knows I'm going to come down with it. Um, it. It's just one of those things. Like I. If it's not right, I'll go and talk to him, and we'll figure it out together, and then we'll go and do the play over again, and we'll get it right. And so it's one of those, like I said, it's just building that trust and of knowing what I'm going to do and what he's going to do. I have to say, whenever I'm out and about and people come up to me, the one thing that I get asked, and this is 100% the truth, they say, that Darren Fells is something else. He should get the ball more. <laughs> people are so impressed with what you're able to do in the receiving game that they just can't seem to get enough of you. And I just thought that maybe you and Deshaun are probably doing something on the side to sort of build that chemistry. I actually asked him if you two had played basketball together. He said no. <laughs> I was like, what are you two doing on the side to build your chemistry? But he said you do watch highlights with. He has watched basketball highlights with you. Uh, a, a few times, yeah. <laughs> you trying to give him pointers in the basketball game? Or uh, he, he hasn't asked me any, any pointers <laughs> in basketball yet, but if he, if he wants to learn how to get a nice little jump shot, I'll teach him. <laughs> um, you've played basketball internationally, and now the Texans are going to London for the first time. Yeah. So how exciting is that for you? And I've been asked to ask you your advice for jet lag, beating the jet lag. So I've heard two different things about that. Because we're not going to be there so long, it's all, it might be impossible to beat the jet lag. Because um, when I was over there, obviously I was there for 10 months out of the year playing basketball. So you were well adjusted. So yeah, I, right? I ended up getting adjusted. But they said the quickest way to get adjusted to that time difference is obviously sleep. But you have to um, be there the amount of time uh, time difference like the hours so if it's like six hours ahead you have to be there for six days oh we get adjusted yeah that's, okay. that's, that's what I was told I don't know how true that is but I felt like I was able to adjust faster once I got so it takes that in. amount yes. of that many number of days yeah. like an, a day an hour per day is what you're gonna act how you're gonna acclimate yes, your yes. acclimation rate yes. that's a nice little formula you just yeah. came up with so and we're only gonna be there for what, four days so you don't really have the time to really adjust but I've heard this the sooner you get there, the harder it is to adjust, if that makes sense. Because you're there for, you're kind of in the middle of it once the game yeah. comes about. Yeah. So, so it's better. It's, it's better to leave later and get there so you, your body doesn't really get used to that time difference so you can just go out there and. And just play and then come back. Play, yeah. I feel like the Jaguars did this because they used mm -hmm. to go early, early on they used to go like Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. And then with each year they sort of learned that that's, go yeah. Friday, mm -hmm. just rip off the Band-Aid, play, and then come right back, yeah. and you're you're not yeah. really off your schedule too much. When you played internationally, did you play in England a lot? What do you remember about playing um, in London? I did not play in London at You all. didn't play much? No, I, I played in uh, Belgium, in Europe. I played in Belgium, Finland, and France. What was so, the craziest rivalry that you saw over um, there? Because we don't know much about international yeah. There's basketball. not extreme rivalries. It's more... If a team won the championship the year before, every team was that rival because they wanted to beat that champion team. Um, basketball was big, but it wasn't anywhere near like NBA, I would say. Sure. Yeah, and so it, it, it was a lot of fun because obviously the schedules are not as strenuous as the NBA is. You have more time off. You can actually go and explore the city. So being in Belgium was more of a cultural, like being able to be out there and experience the culture and have fun like that. And that was pretty awesome. How about for you now? You said that early on in your career you spent a lot of time with 
offensive line coaches. Who do you spend a lot of time with? Because you're asked to do so much in this offense. Do you spend time with offensive the linemen, team. the wide receivers? I mean, where? Um, I mean, we, we you don't, sort of fit in a little bit everywhere. Yeah, we don't get a lot of time during the week to be able to sit down with a guy and uh, experience. So it's more outside that we can uh, really do your bonding. Yeah. yeah. Um, having two kids in my life now, it's a little bit harder to. Like, you mean yeah. you don't have all this free time? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, zero, zero I totally free time. Understand. The minute I get home, my daughter and son are in my face, and I'm I'm having fun with them. Do they know what you do? Do they know that you play football? They do. Are they at that age yet, or not? Really? They do, but they don't. They understand, like when they see football, they understand that's what daddy does. But I don't think they truly understand that. Oh, it's NFL. It's football. Uh, my daughter. My daughter's to the point where like she she knows the text and she'll do the text and signs. And my son, anytime he sees football on TV, daddy, daddy. Even if I'm not even playing it, that's just daddy. <laughs> All right, great stuff. Can't wait yeah. to see what the rest of the season holds for you. Oh, thank you. All right, thanks so much. All right, some real talk. I ended that interview, I think, kind of abruptly. I still had another question left. I wanted to ask him if he had to put together a basketball team of Texans players, who would it be? I'm, I'm guessing DeAndre Hopkins would be on it. He would be on it and a few other players, but the door was squeaking so loudly that I thought someone was coming in here to tell him he had to go do something else. And it was just Mark Vandermeer. He was just opening the door. It was super squeaky, and I think you can hear it on there. But in any case, I wrapped it up rather quickly, but hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to him a little bit later on. We may get him at a show or another appearance, maybe at Fuddruckers. I I don't know, but that'll be something I'll have to ask him in the future. That was my only regret is that I didn't get to ask him that. But, you know, he's, uh, he's just such a calm calm presence and I can see why he's had that effect on the tight ends just coming in and and really helping even the younger guys improve their game and step it up all right let's talk about the Oakland Raiders they're coming to Houston in what seems like a million years since the Texans have played a home game and it'll be a million more because then it's London then it's the bye week and then it's Baltimore and on and on and on so we've got a little stretch of away games we get to come back here for Oakland Uh, The Texans have suffered a number of injuries in the secondary, as you saw last week against Indianapolis. So they trade for Garyon Conley, a cornerback with the Oakland Raiders. Only it's a little bit awkward because his first game as a Texan is going to come against his former team, the Raiders. So uh, Garyon was asked about this a lot this week. A lot of people were asked about this this week, about the game planning, what it's going to look like. Um, Are they going to pick his brain for information on the Raiders? And pretty much everybody's response was consistent with the fact that uh, we're just trying to get Gary Ann Conley up to speed because that's that is priority number one right now. But you know it'll be a little bit of a revenge match. I think it reminds me somewhat of Demarius Thomas coming here, getting traded to the Texans, and then having to face the Broncos. Uh, of course, that was much much different because Demarius Thomas had a much longer history, much longer run, won a Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos, but. It'll be it'll be interesting to watch this Sunday as Gary Conley comes out there. Maybe he'll get a chance to play. Um, I talked to Eddie Pascal of the Oakland Raiders, not just about Conley, but just about the Raiders' season in general, and he got us caught up on what they have been going through in 2019. Here he is, Eddie Pascal on the Deep Slant Podcast, presented by Xfinity. It's been a while since I talked to you, Eddie. How's it going? I know. It's been a long time, but everything's good. Another beautiful, unseasonably warm day in here, here in Northern California, but... I have no complaints, and we're uh, looking forward to heading down to Texas. Yeah, it's been an unusual news week. Uh, let's get started for the big news of the week. Gary Ann Conley gets traded from Oakland to the Texans. 
the timing of it, does it surprise you? And what can you tell us about Conley, what he brings to this Texan secondary? The timing surprises me. Maybe like a one on a scale of one to ten, not really. Uh, I think it's kind of funky, obviously, just the fact that we're headed to Houston. We're going to play you guys on, on Sunday afternoon or early evening, whatever it is over there. But uh, Coach Gruner said, look, we have a lot of young corners, a lot of young defensive backs that we need to get reps. Uh, and he's looking down the road, 20, 21 and beyond. He goes, we need to get these guys on the field. Uh, and unfortunately, Garyon was kind of the cog that was preventing a lot of that from happening. And that's no shot at Garyon at all. You guys are getting a really, really good defensive back, a guy who can do a lot of things. Uh, highly touted coming out of Ohio State, and has had moments. Obviously, had a, a pretty injury-plagued rookie season here with us, but after that, bounced back in a big way last year, uh, and has shown he's shown glimpses that he can really be a you know a standout lockdown corner. I mean, he he was outstanding last year against Antonio Brown when the Steelers came to town. But I think that when you know Coach Gruden's looking at it, it was kind of that consistency for Garyon and being able to do it week in and week out. Uh, and then also, you know, the fact that we do have two young corners that they drafted this year, they really want to see what they can do. So uh, the timing of it surprises me a little bit, but the fact that Garyon is now wearing a different jersey, uh, not so much. It's a little awkward, but we've dealt with that before. Demarius Thomas traded to the Texans right before the Texans play, played the Broncos. So be a little bit of a weird scenario. What can you give? Give me a fun fact about Garyon Conley that most fans may not know about him. Ooh, a fun one about Garyon. Garyon is Garyon. He's a, he's a pretty soft-spoken guy, so you're going to have to kind of prod and, and push and pull to get some stuff out of him. Uh, but he's he's a really nice kid, and he's really into gaming. And I know it's kind of like the de facto, you know, everyone these days, is especially for corner defensive backs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so, but that's I mean, Garyon is like really, really into it. Um, one of our guys here on staff, Kyle, who's our resident esports guy, uh, has actually delved into Gary on the gaming career. And he's like, oh, this guy's that's pretty legit. So he's a stud. He can be a stud <laughs> on the field, and then he's a stud in, in the virtual space as well. So, gaming career, I love it. All right, let's talk about the Raiders 2019 season. We watched a little bit of, of it play out on Hard Knocks, and John Gruden's really had to work through some adverse times and distractions this year. Uh, talk to me about Hard Knocks, Antonio Brown, Vontez Burfitt getting suspended. What's What have been the biggest challenges off the field, and how has John Gruden been able to sort of rally the troops in the locker room and get them going each week? Yeah, I mean, I think you mentioned two of them, and I think the third one that not as many people are talking about is the, the road schedule, the road stretch that we're in right now. I think this is our fifth road game in a row. You know, we've, we've kind of lost track. We went to London for a week. The scheduling gods were not very kind to us in 2019. And obviously, Coach Gruden has no control over that or how the schedule gets made. But, I mean, you look at the stretch that this team has been on, uh, and I don't know if you're going to see a lot of teams in the NFL that have traveled as much and as often and as far as this team has. But I think Coach Gruden has really done a heck of a job keeping these guys uh, not only motivated but really together because, you know, as you mentioned, there's been no shortage of surprises and bumps along the way of this 2019 season. But... Uh, you know, you talk to Coach Gruden, the guy's an ultimate, you know, the ultimate motivator, the ultimate, you know, players coach. Guys, you know, talk to him for 10 minutes and they come out saying, hey, I'm ready to run through a wall for this guy. Uh, so he's really done a good job. And I think that, I think the best thing or one of the best things I should say that he's done in 2019 is you look at this Raiders team now and it has an identity. They know who they want to be. They know how to win. They've shown the blueprint of how they can be successful on Sundays. And, you know, excluding 2016, that really wasn't the case the past couple of years. But now this team has a vision of who they are, who they want to be. Uh, and Coach Gruden and Mike Mayock have gone and gotten those players that can fill, uh, fill the roles that they need filled and kind of take that, that vision to life. So, uh, you know, sitting at 3-3, three and three, I think, you know, Coach Gruden deserves a ton of, 
you know, ton of credit for keeping these guys motivated. And, you know, I think it's going to be a heck of a ball game on Sunday. Yeah, that road schedule, you bring up a good point because I, we're, the Texans are going to London after this Raiders game. And I saw that the Raiders went to Indianapolis and immediately from Indianapolis went to London. And I, I just thought that stretch in itself must have been tough. But they came back with a win. It's, it was working for them. So uh, good for the Raiders, especially um, for being able to, to pull that off. Let's talk about Josh Jacobs. He's quietly been breaking some rushing records, four touchdowns on the year. How much of a surprise has his success been this early on? What does he do well, and, and what's made him so successful? Uh, man, I mean, what does he do well? Like, where to begin? I mean, he really is kind of that complete three-down back. I actually talked to him after the game on Sunday, uh, you know, after another 124-yard uh, effort, I think it was. And I was like, hey, man, like, are you surprised at how well this has been going for you? Like, you're drafting the first round, so people expect you to come in and contribute right away. But this is going, like, really, really well. And, and he kind of laughed, and he said, he's like, honestly, man, like, I, I, I don't come in with, like, expectations. He goes, I, I didn't think that. He's like, I never doubted myself that I could do it on the NFL level because I'll be honest with you, like, it is a little surprising how well it's gone in the early goings. Uh, there's really not much that this guy doesn't do. And Coach Gruden was actually talking yesterday. He said, you know, the way that he's playing, the fact that he's playing so well and he's so dynamic, you know, it's hard to take him off the field. I mean, there's not a lot of instances where Josh on the field is not going to be a, a, you know, a net positive for this team. Uh, but as you said, you know, he's breaking records every week. I think it was two weeks ago. He had eclipsed Marcus Allen in terms of rushing rushing yards in a first in his first five games. Last week, he eclipses Bo Jackson through his first six games. So you know, you look at some of the guys that Josh is now in the Raiders record book with, and uh, it's a some pretty good company. Let's talk about Derek Carr. He's now in year six. What are your thoughts on his progress so far? He's dealt with so much in his career from injuries to the rebuilding over there in Oakland, a new coaching staff. How's he been able to adapt and bounce back? Uh, and what do you see out of him this year? You know, I, I think Derek deserves a ton of credit in 2019 uh, for how this team is playing. I mean, one thing you mentioned, the coaching staff changes, uh, the fact that, you know, he's dealt with injuries. I mean, Derek, you know, much like this team in general, has had no shortage of adversity through his career. But another thing that's happened this year is his wide receiving core has literally changed from week to week to week. Tyrell Williams has been down the past couple weeks, who was a de facto number one coming into, into the regular season. Uh, and he hasn't been able to go. Coach Gruden sounded hopeful that he might be able to go this week. We probably won't know a little later in the week uh, what Tyrell's status is. But without Tyrell, Dwayne Harris has been hurt. Uh, you know, a ton of guys have been hurt. J.J. Nelson was hurt a lot before he was ultimately released from the team. But each week, Derek has had a different set of receivers throwing the ball to. And I think he deserves a ton of credit, and credit that I honestly don't think he's getting right now for being able to move this offense up and down as effectively uh, as he has been. And, you know, the numbers aren't, you know, the crazy 400, 500-yard performances that we've seen from D.C. in the past. But, I mean, he's doing exactly what he needs to do. He's been very, for the most part, uh, careful with the football, protecting the rock, uh, putting the team in the right positions to, to get points. And, you know, he has been stellar. Uh, and like I said, the stats might not be there, but make no mistake about it, Derek is really – still the the stir the spoon that you know stirs the drink for this Raiders offense in a lot of ways. Let's talk about that Raiders offensive line signed Richie Incognito this off season. We're wondering how that project uh, was going to go. Panned out well it seems because the O-line's pr- played pretty well and that's without Trent Brown who the, a lot of Texans fans were very interested in and he goes to the Ra- uh, the Raiders but he's playing on the right side of the line. How close? I know yeah, he didn't I mean- I know he didn't play last week against Green Bay. How close is he to returning? And, and talk to me about that transition that he had to make. 
Oh, man. I mean, I think, you know, kind of like Tyrell, we'll learn a little later in the week uh, exactly where Big Trent's at. Uh, Coach said yesterday that, you know, it's he's about 50-50 somewhere in that uh, in that ballpark to see if he's able to go. But, I mean, Trent has been everything and more that I think the Raiders hoped that he would be when they signed him uh, during free agency. Really locked down the right side of that line. Has been stellar. Obviously, he didn't play last week dealing with the calf injury. Uh, but when he's when he's healthy and he's ready to go, uh, Coach Gruden and Mike Mayock have said, I don't know if there's a better right tackle in the NFL than Trent, and I'm pretty inclined to believe them. But that offensive line, that unit up front in general, has been really, really good uh, the entire year. Uh, without Trent, David Sharp steps up, and he takes over right tackle. Uh, and really, you know, it's hard to re- replace a guy like Trent. I mean, he's he is who he is, but, you know, David Sharp stepped in and played really admirably. Uh, no sacks, no quarterback hits, and the team ran for over 150 yards last week. So, I mean, this offensive line is really kind of the catalyst for what this team wants to do offensively. Uh, Coach Gruden has stressed time and time again, you know, he wants to play that smash mouth, control the you know, control the clock, establish a tone of the line of scrimmage football. And if you want to do that, and if you want to do it really well, you need a beast offensive line, and that's exactly what the Raiders have in 2019. The Raiders have faced a lot of different types of quarterbacks this year, veteran quarterbacks, young quarterbacks. They played Patrick Mahomes earlier. Jacoby Brissett defeated the Colts. Uh, how has the Raiders' defense fared against these sort of dual-threat quarterbacks that they faced this year? Obviously, they're going to be facing Deshaun Watson for the first time. Yeah, I mean, I think it's been kind of a mixed bag. I think that when you look at the, the Raiders as they stand right now, uh, they, they need help in, in numerous areas. Uh, I think, obviously, the linebacking core is not as uh, not as stacked as you would like. I don't know if the depth is there at this moment. Uh, but they, it's been a mixed bag. They've taken advantage of some opportunities that teams have given them. They've had timely turnovers, which helped immensely. Uh, and even if you're not playing the type of complete defense that you want, if you're able to take the ball away uh, and enforce turnovers, that goes a really, really long way. And the way that this offense wants to play, they want to control the clock. They want to keep the opposing offense on the sidelines as much as possible. I think that goes a long way in, in helping your defense as well. But I think that there's definitely some bright spots on this defense. You look at a guy like Max Crosby, a day three pick uh, in the NFL draft last year, who has really turned it up as of late. Sacks in back-to-back weeks. A high-motor guy, a guy who can do a lot of things on that defensive line. And there, you know, there is reason to be optimistic for this Raiders defense. Uh, obviously, Aaron Rodgers was Aaron Rodgers last week at Lambeau, and you know, you look at his stats, and there's really no explaining those away. But you know, the Raiders are going to have have a tough one again this week, and with your guy Deshaun. But I'm, I'm excited to see how they fare, no doubt. All right, the Raiders are moving to Vegas, not quite yet. But how has the fan reaction been there? We played um, against the Chargers a few weeks ago, and it's been a little bit of a rough go for them. But it seems like there's not really been a, too much of a drop off with Raiders fans, has there? No, I, I mean, granted, we haven't played a home game in what seems like four months at this point, but. Uh, in the early goings, yeah, I mean, the energy of the Coliseum has still been great. I mean, whenever we go on the road, and I'm sure it'll be the same case Sunday down in Houston, Raider Nation shows up. They've been very excited. Uh, and I think that, you know, having a team playing football the way that the Raiders are currently playing football also helps. Um, you know, there's reason to be excited. There's reason to be united. And, uh, and I'm, obviously, this organization is very, very excited about the next chapter coming in 2020 for this team. But I think the focus for Coach Gruden, for the players, and kind of all of us collectively uh, is here on 2019 and trying to get business done uh, right now. All right, good stuff. Eddie Pascal, team reporter for the Oakland Raiders. Eddie, thanks for the time, and we'll see you here in Houston on Sunday, 325 kick. Absolutely. Can't wait. Looking forward to seeing you guys. Great insight, as always. I love talking to the opposing team's writers because they're much like us they cover the team day in and day out every single day so 
they have a good pulse on, of what's going on and they can kind of see the forest through the trees because we read the news, the day-to-day news of what's going on with the team, but we kind of get a better big picture sense. I had no idea that their road schedule was so tough. Um, I do remember that they played in Indianapolis, then they went straight to London, then they came back and he mentioned that uh, the road schedule, the traveling has been a lot for the Raiders and it just makes me think that Gary Conley has got to play in London twice in one season. I wonder if any player has ever had to do that. And I'm guessing probably not. It's rather unusual circumstances. So uh, we'll see how that plays out on Sunday. And then, of course, it'll be London for the Texans. So uh, we'll try to get a podcast in, try to squeeze one in before we leave for London next week. But that's going to do it for this week's Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to like, subscribe, tune in. And uh, pretty soon we're going to start putting some of these interviews on YouTube. So be sure to check that out as well, the Houston Texans channel on YouTube. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thanks as always for listening and go Texans.